Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, April the 14th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we're in your seat and this is Holy Week, but this is a unique day during Holy Holy Week. We call this Maundy Thursday. So happy Monday, Thursday, everybody. Not Monday, Thursday, but Monday, Thursday. On the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage from the Revised Common Lectionary. And so for this specific day, the New Testament letter passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. First Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of God for us. The reason that 1 Corinthians 11 lands in this Monday Thursday series of texts is because when Jesus gives his disciples a new commandment on the last night that he's with them, he, they also have communion together. The word Monday for Monday Thursday comes from the Latin word for mandatum, which means commandment. And it's on the Thursday of Holy Week where Jesus gives us the commandment to love one another. And so Paul is trying to give the words of institution here to the church in Corinth. And he wants to teach them a couple of things. Number one, he wants to teach them that this holy meal that they do together is something that is sacred because it's always been done by the church. If you can look back earlier, and if you're aware of the structure of 1 Corinthians, you know that there's been some conflict in the midst of their worship in Corinth because it seems like not everyone is waiting on one another uh, before they have a meal together and then the Lord's Supper together. Uh, there seems to be a working class and then maybe a distinguished class there in Corinth and the distinguished class who doesn't have to wait till their shift is over. They can get together, they eat great food, and they do so before the working class folks come among them and they don't have to share their fancy and uh, more expensive food with those folks. And those folks go without. Uh, Paul exaggerates his point to make it earlier in the text. And so he wants to remind them that this hospitality shown towards one another is not just a good idea, but it's something that Christians have always done. And it's because what Jesus did, the very meal that they share, is an expression of the self-giving love that Jesus had for everyone and that they should have towards one another. One of the features of the sacraments, um, sacraments are these different signs, these different uh, things that we share and that we enact in the life of the church. Uh, some parts of the church have seven sacraments. The Protestant tradition where I come from, we have two, um, baptism and communion. What's unique about them is that whenever Paul talks about baptism and communion, he also like uh, he allows a time warp to happen. Let me try to explain. In Romans chapter 6, when he talks about baptism, and in 1 Corinthians 11, when he talks about communion, you'll notice that he switches tenses all the time. He talks about something from the past, 
anticipating something in the future while enjoying something in this present moment. So at baptism, we're buried in water in the present, but we're also buried with Jesus in his death in the past. We're going to be raised in Christ in the future. So all those things are working together, past, present, future working together. So the words of institution are, you know, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he did this in the past and we do it together and we do this in the present until the Lord comes in the future. Paul does this because uh, one of the features of eternal life is not just not dying in the far beyond uh, whenever God renews the heavens and the earth, but it's also experiencing the timelessness of time where time doesn't uh, march on, it doesn't uh, linger on, but time is shattered and we experience the depths of moments moment after moment Uh, one moment is not deeper than the other but we experience the eternal of every moment so when paul integrates us into these sacraments he's telling the story of the gospel of jesus self-giving love and sacrifice but he's also allowing us to rehearse what timelessness is going to be where we experience a past moment and a future moment here in the presence all swirling together and we're preparing ourselves for life with God. So you might find yourself at a Monday Thursday service today, uh, perhaps later this evening, you're going to take communion or maybe tomorrow at a Good Friday service. And keep in mind that when these words are spoken over bread and cup, that uh, they're said in the present to other Christians around the world, but they've also been said earlier in our existence in the church, all the way to the time when Jesus shared it with his friends the first time. And it'll be shared again and again into the future. And the scripture tells us that we're going to share a meal together. The great wedding supper of the Lamb, the book of Revelation calls it. Where we feast with God in the new heavens and the new earth as we rejoice in the reward of our salvation. And so it's preparing us for something that we're going to experience in its depth and fullness in the days to come. So with all those things in mind, we engage in prayer in the same way because in prayer, we engage in God's presence, who is the timeless one, the eternal one, and he condescends into our moment, uh, our finite moment in a time of prayer. So as we do so, we also practice eternal life. So what do you say on this Monday Thursday? Let's practice that eternal type of life right now. Let's pray together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we rejoice in you this morning. We thank you that you've drawn us in your type of life, a life where there's grace and forgiveness and there's acceptance, uh, one body of Christ, one people of God all around the earth. And we thank you that we get to rehearse that great idea in several different common ways, like the fellowship and the worship that we experience, but also through communion and through baptism, that we get integrated into this greater work, this greater story than ours. And so we thank you for the wisdom that gives us, the humility that gives us, and that causes us to start over, to be born again, and to learn everything new from square one. So God, we pray that as we go about this day, we we are mindful of the commandment that you gave your disciples. You asked them to love one another as you have loved us. And so God, we pray that we would take that to heart, that in this economy of grace, we would be those who excel in the grace of love. So help us this day and help us to prepare for eternity, not just because we'll be away from the troubles and the problems of this world that impede our progress and try to encumber our being, but because we get to share it with you and with one another, the great depths, moment after moment, of what it means to be truly human and to be truly yours. So God, help us to be trained for that day as we anticipate it. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.